Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Gladiator, Aaron Hernandez, and Football Inc. ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. From the Boston Globe and Wondery, I'm Bob Holler, and this is Gladiator, an investigative series from the Spotlight team about who could have made a difference in the life of one young man. Over the course of the past six episodes, we've traced Aaron Hernandez's rise and fall from his childhood in Bristol, Connecticut. It was violent, very. I know people have had it harder than me. To his time in Florida. If I had it to do over again, I would have fought tooth and nail not to let that kid graduate at mid-year, not to let him go to Florida at mid-year. To the NFL. You get changed by Bill Belichick's way you get changed by the Patriot way. And finally, a prison cell in Massachusetts. Aaron Hernandez died in 2017, but his life is still raising questions. On this special episode, I've brought in Liz Dolan to talk with me about these questions and more. She's the host of two Wondery shows, Safe for Work and Satellite Sisters. Thanks for having me, Bob. You know, I also spent a decade at Nike, including being the chief marketing officer there. So I've had my own experiences with NFL players and with what you call Football Inc. Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to this, uh, Liz. Thank you. And if you haven't heard my podcast, Safe for Work, stay tuned at the end for a special preview. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects, but there's an easier way. When you download Thumbtack, it's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone and in just a few taps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. So what surprised you the most in your reporting? Liz, we were surprised to learn that Aaron was grappling with his sexuality at a very early age. By sixth grade, he was involved with a, a, a boy who named Dennis Sansusi, who uh, would become his high school quarterback. And he lived in a house where his father was incredibly homophobic. And, uh, you know, one thing we learned was that Aaron wanted to be a cheerleader at a young age. He, he admired his, uh, his female uh, cousins who were cheerleaders. He wanted, he wanted to be like them. And 
His father, uh, we learned really quickly, put an end to that and uh, was constantly calling him bad things. Uh, you know, we, have, we had this impression of him being sort of growing up in this Aussie and Harriet life. That was sort of the narrative that, that grew out of uh, his death that, um, you know, once his father died when he was only 16, that everything fell apart because his father was such a, was such a positive influence in his life. But in fact, his, his father, you know, savagely beat him as a child. And, uh, and, that, and that was shocking to us in some ways. And the fact that he also was sexually molested as a young boy, you know, so you learn all these things about this guy you didn't know about and, and how, what those kinds of things can do to form a person's um, character and how they grow. And uh, it just it went on and on with what we learned uh, from his childhood all the way through, you know, the, from his agent, you know, seeing, a, seeing him have a gun at a young age and being aware of serious allegations against him and never reporting them, and then the Patriots' role and the prison system's role, and it's just one surprise after another, really. You know, to me, the phone calls from the Suffolk County Jail were incredibly compelling, Bob. And, you know, at times he actually seems happy and satisfied being in jail, right? Proud of how neat his cell is, and then other times he's convinced he's going to be found not guilty and get out. What was it like for you and the team the first time you heard those calls? And how did you get those calls anyway? So we got those calls thanks to uh, Todd Wallach, our, uh, our public records specialist. Uh, he's, just, he's, he's a master at uh, getting uh, obstructionist institutions to come forward with, their, uh, with records. So he got, those, uh, he got those jail calls for us. And uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was, again, very revealing, day in and day out, all four of us on the team, as well as our editor, Patty Wendt went through those calls and listened to them for hours and hours and hours. I think we have, I think, close to 100 hours maybe of, um, of calls. And, uh, and as you mentioned, you know, you, you get the, the tender side of Aaron, you know, the loving uh, father cooing to his daughter and, you know, telling her he'll be there forever for her. And, and, and then you get, the, you get the, the street thug side of uh, Aaron talking to his, uh, his former uh, guys he ran with in college and, um, you know, through the strip clubs and all that world and on the streets. So you, you see both sides of him. You see the chameleon in him. Um, and then, you know, talking with his brother, his mother, his, his friends, it's just, uh, and a lot of the, the revelations in there are just, uh, you know, we, we, we could go on and, write, you know, run these uh, jail calls forever and people would be fascinated, I think. You know, are there parts of this story that are still a mystery to you? Like, what's at the top of your list of things you want to continue to dig into? The biggest mystery to me is why he killed himself still. Uh, I think we're fairly confident at this point that he was messed up on on K2, that very powerful, dangerous drug that can cause all kinds of psychotic reactions. But was there something underlying that? You know, what was it? Uh, what was it? And, and I just don't. I just don't know, and I'd, I'd like to know, of course, and I guess we'll probably never know. I mean, there was the fact that an other inmate told us that he couldn't have lived in prison being out, outwardly gay, and he was out, of course, two days before that. How much did that play in it? Uh, did he just go into that? He went into a two-day um, drug jag, we found out, um, on this K2, and, uh, and it seemed to uh, ultimately end with his, uh, with his death. And, Bob, you were actually at the press conference when the results of the testing of Aaron's brain, when the results were presented by, by Dr. McKee. Sasha tells the story on the podcast. But what was it like to be in that room? Was it as shocking as it still feels? And, I mean, journalists are a pretty hard-bitten lot, but were you shocked? 
I, I was certainly surprised. You know, I've, I've spent a lot of time covering football and CTE, and, and I've interviewed a number of players and their and their surviving families, those, those who have died and those who are still alive who have CTE symptoms. So I've seen the incredible toll it's taken on these people, uh, not, not only on the players themselves who, you know, just really... Uh, uh, can't function uh, anymore and have lost their lost who they were. They aren't the same people anymore, and they and they act out in ways that uh, totally unpredictable. Nice guys who become violent, um, and I've seen the impact on their families uh, trying to cope with these people. So I, you know, I, in that sense, uh, nothing surprises me about CTE, but the extent to which uh, it had, in, you know, invaded. Uh, Hernandez's brain was certainly uh, surprised that he had he was such a severe case at such a young age. I mean that was stunning, and and I and I couldn't help ask the uh, the, the doctor, Doctor McKee, what uh, what she could tell us about the connection between that severe damage and uh, if there was any the, uh, the the terrible acts he committed against others and against himself. And she was fairly clear that the damage that he had suffered in his brain uh, could certainly have affected his behavior in ways that um, could lead to that kind of thing. You know, loss of impulse control, rage issues, suicidal thoughts, all of that. So it was, a, it was, it was quite a morning there at that, at that conference. It was very enlightening. You've been very aggressive reporting on CTE. And so what do you say to some of the criticism that you're just anti-football? <laughs> That's funny. I, I, um, I, I mean, I grew up loving football. I, I, I even tried to play it. I, <laughs> I was one of these tall, skinny kids who get broken in half by the, you know, a crushing linebacker. But, uh, you know, I've always <laughs> uh, enjoyed football. I, my, my grandson loves it. I'm, I, he plays every Sunday. I watch him play. I cheer him on. He's playing in a flag football league, but still it's football. And of course, I watch every Patriots game, and I, you know, I'm a sports writer. I always follow the games, and I play in a fantasy football league. So, you know, I, I football is a great game, and it has, has great characteristics about it. I mean, the, 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 there are great things about football in terms of team uh, team building and character building and all of that. But there's there's this really tragic element of it in which you know. Men um, are dying early and dying miserable lives in many cases because of the game itself. Uh, not everybody gets CTE, but those who do, and there are far too many that for us, I think, to accept without doing something about it are, are, are getting it and, and dying in, in cruel ways. You know, you ask over and over again on the podcast, who could have made a difference in the life of one young man? And it just seems to me, reading all about it, listening to the whole series, that there were many who might have but didn't. His parents, his high school coach and principal, Urban Meyer, Bill Belichick, his agent, his lawyers. So how do you answer that question after doing all of this reporting? Could, could any of them have made a difference in his life? And why didn't they? I think, as you say, Liz, there are people throughout his life who could have made a difference uh, and, and made a difference in a very negative way in his life, beginning, of course, with his father and his own mother. There were great issues, very difficult issues with his mother after his father died that really uh, sort of uh, pushed him into a street life with his uh, other members of his family. And uh, that led to Florida, where they enabled him and didn't take the steps they might have taken to prevent what happened. That led to uh, him signing with an agent who, by all means, has has had a great career. But in this case, he acknowledges that he failed miserably, and 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 uh, 
And then he sends him off to the Patriots. Well, he doesn't send him off. The Patriots grab him. And the Patriots uh, don't uh, cover themselves in glory with this at all either. I mean, they had chances to make a difference. They didn't. And the news media itself, we have uh, the, the, the guy who was covering football for the Boston Globe says, hey, what if I, what if I had really exposed this? Well, what if I had said, you know, Aaron Hernandez is involved with these, these criminals and off the field? And what, would that have caused the Patriots to take action? Would, uh, would he have tried to straighten his life out? I don't know. There are just so many people who could have made a difference and didn't. And because it's this football ink in a sense, you know, the, the, the game goes on and uh, these players are just commodities and, uh, and they're discardable. And uh, in this sense, he was uh, certainly discarded because after his uh, arrest, everybody erased him. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with him anymore. In fact, they wouldn't even speak his name in some cases down in uh, at, uh, Gillette Stadium. That had such an impact on me in this series, because in episode one, you'll hear Aaron saying, you get changed by the Patriot way. And by episode four, he's gone. And you use the phrase erasing Aaron, which really choked me up, even though we already knew he had done these vicious things. And does that make you just really cynical about all this team talk of family in Football Inc.? Well, it certainly does. I don't know if it makes you cynical. It makes you realize that, that, that it's a business, and that, as I said, these these guys are are pieces in, in a puzzle. They're not. They'll they bring them in and they roll they roll them right out as fast as they bring them in if they're not up to their standards and they they, they don't have guaranteed contracts and they they're just uh, they're tossed aside if they they aren't doing the job they'll be gone in a, in, a, in an instant. So it's a harsh life for the for the guys that up on the top. They make great money and have great lives. But even those guys are facing the risk of uh, of early death and, and difficult uh, lives because of the brain damage they may suffer. You know, I when I hear you reporting that Kraft says he was duped and that Belichick in the locker room after the arrest said we will never speak of him again, it really just was heartbreaking. And removing a brick in Florida and taking the plaque off the wall in his Bristol High School, it's just awful when, as you line up all of those details, just incredibly tragic. Yeah, and I think his, uh, I mean, I think he feels it. I think uh, from, we can tell from the jail calls that he feels it. You know, when he, when he learns that his high school basketball coach who became the principal of Bristol Central High School, ordered all his, all his awards and his plaques removed from the high school. You can tell that he's stunned. You know, it's tell that he's hurt. This is a guy who we have text of him. He's texting this guy, this coach, while he was, uh, while he was in the last months of his freedom before he was arrested. So it's got, it's got to be hard for him and, of course, the family to see the, the erasure of, his, of everything he had accomplished in his life. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Wondery, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Wondery to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash Wondery. 
Considering a master's in forensic science but juggling family and work? The University of Florida Forensic Science Online Graduate Program is your solution. Tailored for working pros, this entirely online program fits seamlessly into your schedule. Crafted with FBI and law enforcement input, the curriculum equips you with skills to elevate your career. Join over 1,500 graduates who earned their master's since 2000. Specialize in forensic toxicology, DNA and serology, forensic drug chemistry, or create your plan with an MS in forensic science. Advance your career with a master's. No need to rearrange your life. It's online, interactive, and built for professionals like you. No GRE required. Network with forensic pros globally. Ready for the next chapter? Join the world's largest forensic science program and alumni network at forensicscience.ufl.edu slash Wondery. Your journey begins at the University of Florida. As you think about your career, have you always been able to have, uh, to find, to have your work be personally satisfying to you as well as professionally satisfying? The greatest satisfaction I take from journalism is lifting up people who are down or exposing wrongs or, you know, that's trying to help people, you know, whether it's putting a, putting a guy in prison who's molesting children, you know, young female tennis players, or getting millions of dollars for the Boston public schools after they, for the athletic programs in the Boston public schools after they've been neglecting them for years because of, you know, a series that we were able to do, or whether, it, you know, just exposing the, the, the things that make life better for the people who need help. I mean, I think that's the greatest satisfaction I take from the job. And whether this series helps, you know, people understand better what, how this business works and the toll it can take. I mean, we're not making excuses for Aaron Hernandez. He did what he did. But there's so much around this that could uh, that is illuminating about football and, and our culture as a whole. Again, thinking about career advice for regular people, what advice do you have for those who are weathering being in industries that are going through dramatic changes? Like, obviously, your business, journalism, media, you know, is constant upheaval, constantly changing. That's why you're, you know, you're now podcasting, Bob, and you probably never expected you would be doing that, right? So how do you... Well, yes, and who knows if I ever will again, but it's, it's, been, an, it's been an enlightening experience and a rewarding experience. And uh, I mean, I would just tell them to keep, keep plugging. I mean, there's always going to be a need for journalism, for good journalism, for people to, uh, you know, expose the stories that need to be written. So just keep writing, having fun, and, uh, you know, making the stories come alive. So the working as an individual writer versus being on a team to make this print series and the podcast together, the team of four reporters, how are those things different for you? You know, as, as, a, as a reporter, you generally spend your career working alone and, you uh, but this, this in particular was a very rewarding experience because I'm working with some really, really um, accomplished investigative reporters. Uh, we have, uh, we have uh, Sasha Pfeiffer, who, of course, is part of the, the team that, that broke the, uh, the Catholic Church story, the priests abusing the children, uh, that really has changed the way that the world looks at the Catholic Church and its treatment of, um, of uh, young, young boys by priests. Uh, and so she won a Pulitzer Prize with that crew for the, and of course was played in the movie, the Oscar-winning movie Spotlight. Of course, so she's she's wonderful to work with. We have Beth Healy, who was a Pulitzer finalist for her work on, on a story called Bet, uh, Debtor's Hell*, in which uh, 
these collection people shake down uh, consumers and clog up the courts. We have uh, Andrew Ryan, another, all these really accomplished journalists. He, he was a Pulitzer finalist as well for a spotlight project on race in Boston that looked at whether Boston is as racist as, as it's come to be seen. And then our editor, Patty Wen, who uh, edited that series on race and was a Pulitzer finalist for that as well. So these people are all, uh, we all, I think, learned from each other and helped each other and shared in the project and propelled it forward. And uh, remarkably, uh, we're, we're a great uh, cohesive team, I think, for, for many months. And it was, uh, I, I'm proud to have worked with them and I'd, I'd, I'd love to try to do it again. Yeah, you know, it's so unusual that your newsroom was portrayed on the big screen. We've all seen Spotlight. And is working on an investigative team as as exciting as it looks in the movies? I know it's a lot of grinding through material, but what were there thrilling moments as, as a team when you made big discoveries or big decisions? Well, I think... <laughs> There's certainly, there certainly are moments where you say, wow, you know, we, this is gold. I mean, those jail calls, and we got those uh, those 300 jail calls. We said, uh, we, I think we all knew that we have something special here. The key was to, was to keep them proprietary for us throughout the process. Uh, you know, there were other moments where we found really important new news. I mean, Beth Healy, when she's broken the news about what's happened in prison, the prison holding back on records and not telling us exactly what happened in the final hours of... Uh, Hernandez's life uh, when they could have. I mean, that that was a real breakthrough. We have, you know, of course, finding uh, Dennis Sansusi, him coming forward. And again, even not, we, we weren't, you know, we, we decided early in this project, we aren't here to try to investigate Aaron Hernandez's sexuality per se. Um, and I, we, I wasn't asking these people about Aaron's sexuality. They they volunteered this. They They wanted to talk about the difference it made in their lives and Dennis and Susie's life. So those kinds of things um, were real breakthroughs for us, I think. And uh, and then um, you know, we finally talked to Jonathan Hernandez, Aaron's brother, after many months of uh, dealing, negotiating with him, and finally got him to uh, come and talk to us and uh, and tell us and very clearly what had happened to he and Aaron as children. And that's that really uh, was uh, illuminating in terms of the, the, the beatings they took as children, the fear that they lived with. So all of those were sort of breakthrough moments for us. And um, I, you don't celebrate some of them uh, because of the what, what they are, but you certainly um, say, hey, we, we, we're getting somewhere with this story. That's true. I'm sure when you're uncovering just super dark details, it's not like people are cracking open the champagne. The, the, the interview with Jonathan is really, really powerful. Can you imagine more episodes if you uncover more relevant information? Well, I mean, I could. I mean, I think that there's much more to say. I, I personally uh, think these jail calls, there's much more in those that we could bring out that would uh, be informative and perhaps entertaining to people uh, without uh, feeling as though they were crass or were just doing it for, um, you know, salacious purposes. I think they. I think it can still show two sides of Aaron and uh, Hernandez and what uh, the, the life he lived and the, and the life those around him lived. Well, Bob, thank you so much for telling us more about how you and the whole Spotlight team worked on this um, on this Gladiator series. I, for one, am waiting for more episodes. So thank you. Well, Liz, it's been great talking with you. Thank you for taking an interest, and, and thank you for sharing this time with me. I'm, very, I'm a big admirer of your work, and I wish you all the best going forward. Thanks, Bob. From the Boston Globe and Wondery, this is a special interview episode of Gladiator an investigative series from the Spotlight team about who could have made a difference in the life of one young man. If you'd like to help us spread the word, 
please give us a review and tell your friends to subscribe. Liz Dolan hosts the podcast Safe for Work and Satellite Sisters. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, NPR One, and every major listening app, as well as Wondery.com. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find the episode notes, including some details you may have missed. You'll also find some offers from our sponsors. Please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. You can also read the print series of Gladiator at bostonglobe.com gladiator. Gladiator was written, reported, and hosted by me, Bob Holler, and by Beth Healy, Sasha Pfeiffer, Andrew Ryan, and our Spotlight editor, Patricia Wen. We'd also like to give special thanks to Globe editors Brian McGrory, Scott Allen, Mark Morrow, and Janice Page, Spotlight's data specialist Todd Wallach, and reporter Maria Kramer. Gladiator was produced by Amy Padula, sound designed by Jeff Schmidt, executive produced by George Lavender, Marsha Louie, and Hernan Lopez for Wondery. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Gladiator, Aaron Hernandez, and Football Inc. ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus and Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey.